brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listen to Spurs Cast, episode 524. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Join me for this episode we Project Spurs' Benjamin Bornstein. If you're on Twitter, please follow him at the underscore Boomstein. In our conversation, Ben and I discussed the Spurs' last three games, uh, how they performed, specifically spending a little bit more time on the uh, Kawhi Leonard return to San Antonio. We do some player spotlight focuses on Derek White and Bryn Forbes. We also addressed the latest um, rumor regarding um, the Spurs um, reportedly having interest in Kristaps Porzingis, Porzingis of the Knicks this summer uh, in free agency. And then lastly, we preview the Spurs' upcoming four games. So please enjoy my conversation with Project Spurs' Benjamin Bornstein. And now joining me from Atlanta, Georgia, is Project Spurs' own Benjamin Bornstein. Ben, how are you doing, man? I am fantastic, sir. How are you doing? I'm, do- I'm doing very well, Ben. And, you know... Uh, last time I recorded, Steven Anderson and I, we, we previewed um, the Spurs' last three games. And one of those games was a specific one where they played one of their old teammates in Kawhi Leonard and also Danny Green. Um, th- that, was a, that was a crazy game. Let's just go ahead and start this, this, this episode 524 of the Spurs cast right there, Ben. Um, the Spurs on uh, last Thursday, they hosted. Uh, it was the return of Kawhi Leonard and, and Danny Green, like I mentioned. Um, it was a very, in a way, the outcome was a little bit surprising than, than I thought, than I think even Las Vegas thought. Uh, the Spurs basically blew out the Raptors. With four minutes left, the Spurs found themselves ahead by 10. Um, with uh, 2.14 left in the first quarter, the Spurs were ahead by 20 points. They led by as many as 28 points. Uh, Danny Green got a lot of cheers throughout the night at different segments. Kawhi Leonard, on the other hand, got booze anytime he touched the ball, even before the game even started. Uh, he also got the words quitter uh, chanted at him, the words traitor, and also Uncle Dennis, which is obviously uh, his uncle who is not- n- notable in um, what, 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 the, what a lot of different reports say. He was one of the reasons why he ended up getting moved um, out of San Antonio. Uh, so, And then also Ben DeMar DeRozan had his first triple-double of his career with 21 points, 14 rebounds, and 11 assists. So just from, from, your, from your viewpoint, I mean, what was it like watching that game well, from your standpoint? Well, if you're a Spurs fan, you felt pretty great about that game. Uh, not only did you get a win, you got a big win. Not only did you get a big win, you got a big win against a guy who you consider to be a huge villain. So 
you know, there were a lot of wins to go around for Spurs fans that night. Uh, it was it was obviously great to see DeMar DeRozan get his first triple-double. There's all kinds of parallel structure, universe things going on there. DeMar DeRozan leaves the Raptors, is one of their stars, somehow never records a triple-double with them, which is crazy to me. They come back. He plays his former team. He gets a triple-double. They beat the snot out of his old team. And it's, I don't know, it's its uh, some cosmic irony, I think, is the way I might put it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the environment was crazy, man. It was, I, I, I got to go to, I was, I was fortunate enough to go to the two, cover the two Spurs finals in 13 and 14. And, I mean, that's the level of energy you felt in the building. And the thing was that, like, even in those days, um, the, the, you could at least, you know, the Spurs fans directed their, their, their booze and stuff to, the, to one team, a whole team, the Miami Heat. This was just literally all night on one specific guy. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because you think of the Raptors and there's really nobody, there's no one else who you would consider hateable on that team or villain-like or or even remotely, like, remotely not cool, whatever it may be. You know, for the most part, they got a bunch of, like, nice little players, a bunch of guys who... Like, if you didn't root for a team and you watch someone, you'd be like, oh, I, I could root for that guy. He's, he's a solid player. He seems like a nice guy. Um, but, you know, you know, it's it's always funny how stuff like this works where guy gets traded, guy gets moved because he requests it, and, you know, the fans just light him up the next game they see him. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard still played well. I mean, he had 21 – Five assists, two steals, a board, and he, and he shot eight of thirteen. I mean, he still had a pretty good game, if we're being yeah, honest. That's a really um, good. That's the only a good negative about his game was that he was minus twenty-two because almost everyone who played for Toronto was in the negatives as far as their plus-minus goes. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, even when you think that he's having a bad game, the guy just has a robotic eight of 13 shooting from the floor. I was like, man, even when, even when I was like, man, Derek White's guarding him really well. Uh, nope, that, that he still ended up eight of 13, although Derek White did um, defend him well, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Derek White in a little bit. Uh, he's one of our player spotlight focuses. Okay, Ben. Uh, so after that game against Toronto, um, it was a bit of an le- energetic letdown, I would say, in terms of the atmosphere for that next game on, on um, Saturday against Memphis in, in San Antonio. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies come to town. But the Spurs still, even though after a slow start, they did find a way to put it together, a, a pretty good game, where they outscored Memphis 37-19 in the second quarter to lead by as many as 24, and they ended up beating the Grizzlies by 20. Then on Monday, the Spurs went back on the road where they played the Pistons for the first time this season. Uh, this one, again, was also a slow start for San Antonio where they fell behind by double digits early. However, they used another good second quarter to outscore Detroit 34-20, to uh, Detroit, you know, the, the league got as high as 18 for San Antonio, but Detroit continued to kind of just fight, kind of make it a, a real ball game where Pop really couldn't take out the um, the starters, um, not until late in, in the fourth quarter. So the Spurs held on to a 12-point win there, 119-107. So, Ben, just, um, you know, I want to get your thoughts on the Spurs here. They're really rolling right now. Uh, in their last 16 games, they've, they've won 13 of those last 16 games. They've been ahead by 20 points in 10 of their last 16 games. Um they already have way more. They already have more twenty-point leads that that than all of last season in terms of a number of games. They have thirteen twenty-point leads right now. Last season they only had twelve. 
they're playing like a 71.2 win team as a, over the last 16 games with their first offensively and six defensively. So I kind of just been asking all of our writers and Project Spurs this question. You know, what have been your thoughts on the Spurs in this turnaround? Uh, Spurs are good, okay? Uh, they're a real good team. No, I'm just uh, – I couldn't resist. Uh, but uh, clearly you have to trust Popovich. There were a lot of people early this season – at least from what I saw on Twitter, was, oh, Pop's too old, the game's gone by him. Oh, he's got to retire, we got to get him out of here. It's like, if, if Philadelphia can trust the process for five years, I think we can trust Coach Popovich to, to get the Spurs out of a slump early in one season, all right? People need to be a little patient, uh, is what it comes down to. But obviously, like you, I mean, you just rattled off a bunch of great stats. The Spurs are obviously rolling. They're playing very well. They're, they've got a couple of really tough games coming up, and I know we're going to talk about those, so I, I won't talk. I won't hit too much on those. But you know, the, I think the next there's two out of the next three games that are going to be real big tests for them. I think, mm-hmm. and I, I won't say it will decide how the Spurs go on the rest of the season. I don't think it'll affect them as much as it will affect the other team. They're playing. So they're playing OKC once at home and once away. Mm-hmm. And I think depending on how that those two games go against OKC, I think that could actually kind of teeter, have, have the Thunders season teeter one way or the other. Um, but we can talk about that later. But uh, Spurs, much better defensive team. That's really what it comes down to. The, the defense has been considerably better, which will – and defense travels. So whether you're on the road or you're at home and you're playing defense, you're going to, you're going to win games. That's how it gets done. And they, uh, one stat that I do get to say that you didn't hit me with was against the Pistons. I believe they broke a streak of eight, eight straight games this season, where if, if the Spurs had gone down by 10 points in the first quarter, they were Oh, and eight in those games. And I think against the Pistons, they, Obviously, they won, so they broke that streak. But uh, just wanted to throw my own fun fact out there for you. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned one key part there was that uh, the part about how defense travels on the road. And that's that was my biggest gripe with the Spurs teams. You know, I've been on the record here on the Spurs cast week after week where – you know, they were having some pretty good games at home, even even when they were struggling, and it just wasn't going on the road. They were just dead last in defense on the road. And, and my biggest issue with the team, whether or not they're going to be good and they can be, a, you know, a, a real challenger, is can you win on the road? Can, can you be competitive on the road? And, and the moments you started seeing it was when they went to Orlando and blew them out there. Then, even though they lost in Houston and Denver, they put up a fight where they came back to lead and, and, and get close in those games. Um, and you saw them beat the Clippers on the road. So that's where, where my biggest, um, you know, I would say my bar for the Spurs has risen. The fact that they're now winning on the road, that they're being, at least being competitive defensively on the road. And that just that just makes their, their season outlook totally different compared to just, you know, just weeks ago when I was, when we, you and I could be talking about draft picks like in, in the lottery. Now they're, now they're projected to draft 20th just based on how they're playing right now. Um, okay, Ben, let's go ahead and go into one of our, one of our players spotlight focuses. And uh, that's on Derek White. Uh, Steven and Anderson and I mentioned him uh, for for a little bit last week, but I want to give more in-depth discussion on him just because of how well he's playing right now. Um, his st- his stats for the season, um, just as a whole season, 7.9 points, 3.4 assists, 3 rebounds, 1 steal, 
shooting 48% from the floor, 33% from three, and 84% from the free throw line in 23 minutes. Now, he's really, really got it going offensively in these last six games. He scores, he's averaging 16.5 points, 2.7 assists, 4.2 rebounds, 1.8 steals, 71% shooting from the floor, 58% from three, and 87% from the free throw line. Pops also giving him 30 minutes a game now in these last six games where he's uh, scored in double figures. Uh, he's third in points per game during this stretch, but he's fifth in shot attempts. So it's not like he's like he's increased his usage too too much. Um, overall for the season, he's shooting sixty four percent at the rim, seventy fourth percentile among point guards, fifty uh, percent on on the mid short mid range, eighty um, eighth percentile. So let's let's first focus on his offense. What have you seen from Derek that that has that that you seen where he's turned this around a little bit, where he's he's been more aggressive offensively, and also. How much of this do you think he can keep consistent? Um, I would like it on record that I was on the Derek White bandwagon very early. Um, that is all I would like to say about that. Uh, Derek White is my guy. All right. I do not care what anyone says. He is my guy. All right. He is one of those draft picks that is really going to work out for the Spurs, I believe, assuming they hold on to him. Uh, but more specifically about the games and his, his actual play. Like you said, being aggressive. Uh, this season he has, when he's on the floor, he has nearly a 20% assist percentage, which is fantastic. If, for those who are curious, that is, a great, that is a great number, especially considering his usage is at about 16% when he's on the floor. So that he, he has a very low usage percentage for a starter, and he's... He's finding teammates. He's doing the right things. Even he's doing a lot of the things that don't even necessarily show up in in box scores. And I think that's kind of a classic Spursian thing that happens when you have when when you have guys giving up good shots for better shots, and you have guys penetrating and pitching, and then the guy who gets the pitch may not have a great shot in the corner, so he gets to a guy on the wing who has a better shot where the guy on the wing can drive and get another good shot. So I think there are a lot of things he does that doesn't, that don't show up in the box score. Um, he, he's, I think what else he has going for him that um, people don't always think about is he's kind of big for a point guard. He's six, four. Uh, he, and with his hair, he's probably six, five. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just got long arms. He's got that wingspan, you know, the stuff that makes Jay Billis, you know, gargle during the draft. Um, so he, he's a great defensive player too. He's a guy you can throw on the court and you can trust him to be a two-way guy. Whereas a, a long, for a long time, you put Bryn Forbes out there, you couldn't really trust him to do, to play both offense and defense for, for stretches of time. Yeah, and you know, one, one thing that I've noticed from him is is uh, for, for one thing I look at is his three point shot in terms of is he taking that shot when because a lot of teams do leave him open they don't they don't trust him as a high volume shooter right now so teams are kind of daring him to uh, shoot the three and he had been doing it he, I think he had made five threes in a row uh, before he finally missed one the other night and and, didn't, and went a game without without making a three now that's again that's going to increase your confidence if you're making more of those shots it helps uh, Lamarcus it helps Demar have more confidence in you that when they they throw you the ball you're going to shoot it. Uh, you know, his mid-range is there. His shot at the rim, like I mentioned, is a little teardrop that he has, that little floater. Um, those shots are going in right now. And, and he's really doing a good job of when, when the Spurs don't have something going on offense, he's pretty good at either taking it to the rim, 
um, or, or taking a, a, one of his mid-range jumpers and kind of bailing them out on possessions, which that's another kind of, even though, like you mentioned, Ben, he's a very low usage player, but he helps him in being one of those guys who can kind of get his own shot in, in a way, uh, aside from Lamar, LaMarcus, um, DeMar, and, and Rudy Gay. Now let's talk about his defense, and this is one of the areas where I, I was reading your, uh, your, your, your draft profile of him way back when, right before he was drafted. Ben had written about him, and he's basically almost everything that he wrote about Derek is, is almost like Ben, the exact, um, you know, exactly what's happened in his NBA career early on. Now, one of the things you mentioned, Ben, was that he was a, a street. Um, his defense, where he didn't really, uh, I don't know how to say this. Like you had written some along the lines of like he didn't show the um, the consistency there on that end. But you said you did note that on the Spurs team, he probably would with with you know Pop as his coach, and he's done that because you've seen the uh, the, the the way that Pop only has him on the floor mainly because of his defense. Now, some of the defensive numbers. Uh, you know, block percentage, he's 88th in, in, uh, among among point guards. Um, steal percentage, he's in the 55th percentile. Uh, with him on the floor, the Spurs are holding the Spurs are holding teams to 3.9 points per 100 possessions, fewer, um, less, basically. Uh, with Derek on the floor, the, uh, the Spurs are playing like a 53-win team. When he's off the floor, they're like a 46-win team. Um, and you've seen Pop go to him on specific matchups now. You saw him guard Kawhi Leonard for most of that game. You saw him guard Kyrie Irving. You saw him guard... Mike Conley, he's really showing this versatility. So what can you say about his defense right now? Anytime you're you're able to guard multiple positions, you become infinitely more valuable to your team. And I think Pop Greg Popovich is finding that out now because, like you said, he's guarded the likes of a Mike Conley, a Kawhi Leonard, a Kyrie Irving. He can guard basically one through three. And if he can do that, consistently well he's he's gonna earn himself some more minutes or at the very least keep the minutes he's been earning so i think that's going to be something to keep an eye on and you know i'm i'm not as deep into the numbers as as you are on some of these like um you, you know like all all the mid-range stuff and you know how where where he's hitting shots from and things like that and then you know the the defensive side of that but you know, again, you, you, that stuff is important, but you also have to see the eye test. And yeah. he's passed the eye test. That's, and I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and you know, I, I really give. I was I was saying this uh, last week where I really give a lot of credit to him and Rudy Gay in terms of the Spurs' um, defensive improvement because the Spurs have gone to to a different type of switching scheme on defense uh, ever since that Lakers game when it started that homestand, and when you do that. You know you're going to get matchups where um, you got to have good defenders out there, and Rudy and Derek have been have been um, you know monumental in terms of helping Demar, helping um, Brand, helping Lamarcus make sure that they that they cover up any kind of holes. So when you have two pretty good defenders out there, you're you're able to do that switching scheme really effective. And then somebody like Derek, like like you just mentioned, who can take on Kyrie Irving, who can take on Mike Conley or Kawhi Leonard. Um, so I I really think Derek's been a huge improvement for the Spurs defensively, uh, uh, as we see with the, with how they're winning now. But also you know if he can just continue this offense where he's putting up over 10 points now. I mean, that's just another element to this team on the offensive end. Okay, Ben, now let's go to another player I wanted to, to spend some time on that I, have, that I haven't really spent a lot of time talking about the, on the Spurs cast, and that's Bryn Forbes. Um, in 41 games, Bryn has continued to stay as the Spurs' starter, you know, originally with DeJounte getting hurt, with Derek White getting hurt to start the year. Bryn was thrown in as the starting point guard. Once Derek got healthy, uh, you saw that Bryn was able to keep his job, maybe not as a starting point guard, but he went over to the two as a shooting guard. 
So now he's he's basically playing the combo spot. Um, in 41 games this year, he's he's averaging 12.3 points, 2.3 assists, 2.5 rebounds, shooting 47% from the floor, 43% from three, and 86% uh, from the free throw line in 28 minutes. Um, you know, across the anywhere on the floor, basically, um, when you're talking about outside of the paint, Bryn's just uh, he's just a knockdown shooter right now. Mid range, shooting 47%, 88th percentile among combo guards, three point line. 44% of his threes are going in, which is the 96th percentile among combo guards, which is elite. Um, and then, yeah, and then so, uh, and he's also had, he just had a game against uh, the Toronto where he made six, a career high six threes. So, what have you seen from Bryn this year that he's been able to uh, be, be an extra weapon for the Spurs offensively? That's another guy who has shown his versatility. Like you said, he, you know, people thought he would lose his starting job to Derek White once he got back, but he started all 41 games so far this season because he's able to go from playing on the ball to off the ball. It's a seamless transition, and the Spurs really don't lose anything. And honestly, because they're able to start Derek White at point guard and move Bryn to probably a more natural position of two for him, they gain something from it. They, they get better with those guys at those positions. And like you said, Bryn Forbes has been shooting lights out this season. He He's shooting four percentage points better from three this season. He's shooting four, uh, sorry, yes, four percentage points better. He's shooting another four percentage points better overall. And his last year, I think, was a bit of a fluke because he only shot about two, he only made about two thirds of his free throws last year, but He's shooting almost 86% from the free throw line. I mean, he's just, he's literally just doing everything better. <laughs> there's, there's not a whole lot to explain there, you know, when, when a yeah. guy gets, he's also getting nine more minutes a game. When, when he knows he's getting his minutes and they're even minutes and he knows he's starting and he has the, co- he has the trust of his coach, it's a lot easier to play the game. Yeah, and you know, one, one shot that tells me that Pop has the ultimate confidence in him right now, uh, it's a shot that goes back to Danny Green, is that that pull-up three, like when, when it's like a defensive rebound and he has the ball in his hands and he runs up and shoots a three. That's something that a few years ago Danny Green told me that, you know, Pop gave him the green light because, you know, he basically has that trust that he's okay with him ch- taking that kind of a shot. And you've seen Bryn do that type of shot several times throughout this year. And, again, that's a shot where if, if, if it's, um, you know, a guy who doesn't have that, that, that three-point reputation that Pop doesn't trust, if you take that shot and, and you miss it, you're probably going to get taken out of the game. When it's Bryn Forbes, even if he misses it, Pop knows that's part of his arsenal. That's, that's a shot that helps the Spurs, you know, you know, on offense. So that's a sign to me that Pop even has confidence, like you just mentioned, in him getting those extra minutes and why he doesn't have to worry about coming out of the game. Okay, Ben. Uh, the next the next topic is one that I didn't plan on discussing, you know, earlier in this day, but this became a little bit of a story online, um, and it's this weird rumor between um, about the Spurs having interest in Kristaps Porzingis this summer when he's a free agent. Now, normally, what rumors I always before I, I discuss them on the Spurs cast or even put them on Project Spurs, I always go back and look to who is the, who is the source of this, who who is the the media outlet that's reporting this. Now, in this case, it is somebody that that you know Project Spurs has has, has um you know. We've reported on uh, some of their, their their rumors before, and it's the Ringers, uh, Kevin O'Connor, you know, a good NBA writer who who is pretty plugged in the, in the league. So I do want to kind of just address this, uh, even though I, I doubt it, it'll come true or or there's there's much um, to it. 
So real quick, here's what here's what Kevin O'Connor wrote about. He he wrote a piece basically about about what we call the pre agents players that are about to um, hit free agency this coming summer, but they're not quite there yet. Um, and so he put a few players out there like Anthony Davis, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, Porzingis was in there too. Now here's how his quote goes when it comes to the Spurs. He wrote, "The Spurs are also viewed as a team with significant interest in Porzingis, according to league front office sources." though it'd be difficult for San Antonio to create enough cap space this summer. Now, he also goes in there to say that because of Porzingis' um, injury history and because of how, how that Phil Jackson era went with the front office where he kind of just like, um, you know, he, he didn't really communicate well with them, uh, that there is a chance that, that maybe he doesn't re-sign in New York if, if they, um, they offer him the, the, the max. Now, um, he, he mentioned that that the Knicks might be thinking about giving him a Joel Embiid type contract, which is something where basically there, there's incentives for for a player with an injury history where if you make so much, you either get so many minutes or you play so many games, you get your full contract. So maybe Porzingis wouldn't be open to that. Maybe he wants guaranteed money, even though he's coming off all these different um, uh, in, uh, injury issues. Now, uh, financially, what would the Spurs need to offer him at least at least a starting contract uh, for for a max? It would be twenty seven point two million. And if you want to keep Lamarcus, uh, Rudy Gay, and 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 and, uh, and DeRozan on the team, you would basically have to ship out every single role player on the Spurs, and plus find teams to take um, some big contracts like Patty Mills, like Pau Gasol, and you'd basically have a team of DeRozan, Aldridge, Rudy Gay, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, and Dejounte Murray. That's it. Plus trying to see if the Knicks won't match your, your um, qualifying offer for Porzingis because he's a restricted free agent. So, so what do you think about this rumor? Do you, you know, what, what, what's your thoughts on this? I would like to start a rumor that I have interest in Jessica Beal and see how <laughs> that takes off because I do have interest in Jessica Beal, and that is just about as obtainable as the Spurs getting Chris Tapp's Porzingis in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I don't, I don't put a lot of stock into this either. Um, you know, like, like I just said, you have, you basically have to trade half the team, more than half the team, just to even open up the space, and that's not even guaranteeing you that Porzingis would even, would even, um, but that the Knicks would, even, would not match the, the Spurs' offer. So yeah, I mean, I just wanted to go go through it because I know a lot of people are talking about it right now. Um, it's in the headlines, but uh, yeah, you and I both obviously think this is a very, very <laughs> no chance of not happening, most likely. This, right, unless, unless Porzingis somehow, for some reason, takes an insanely and absurdly, stupidly low offer from the Spurs, I do not think this happens. And foreign players tend to love Coach Popovich, don't get me wrong, but I do not see that happening. Yeah, and his and one of his his play, his, um, his friends is uh, Davis Bertans because they both played at Latvia during the summers. So there's that connection too to the Spurs. Um, you know, if if you were if the Spurs wanted to get rid of one of their big three, well then that becomes a little bit you know more realistic. But again, you'd have to walk. You'd probably have to lose somebody like Aldridge or maybe Rudy Gay to um, to get a, a huge portion of that cast base open to even give Porzingis the offer sheet. Well, I think in the other the other issue you face is. There's no way there's a team out there stupid enough to take Pogasol's contract at this point. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yep. And then also trying, you know, Patty Mills has been good for the Spurs this year, but again, trying to get rid of his deal, too, to open space. It's just, yeah, it just looks like there's way too much, um, I, I would say, obstacles to, to get to that to make it more of a realistic offer. 
All right, Ben, for the last part of this uh, Spurs cast, let's go ahead and preview the, the upcoming games for the Spurs. Um, you know, we were about to talk about, you were about to talk about these a while ago, and now we can get into them in, in some, a little bit more detail. Now, your record, uh, you haven't been on the Spurs cast much this year, but uh, your record is 1-1 one one coming in. Um, mine is 21 and 15. So that's where our Spurs prediction records stand. Uh, yeah. So, well, I've, I, yeah, I've had to talk a little bit more, but yeah, hey, not bad. One and one. That's, that's pretty good there. So um, let's talk about the Spurs real quick, how they're doing on the road. They are 7 and 12 on the road, uh, playing like a 33.6 win team on the road, third on offense and 29th on defense. Mm. Uh, so their first game we're going to talk about is at Memphis on Wednesday. The Grizzlies are 10 and 9 at home, playing like a 45 win team at home. 27th on offense, but fifth on defense. Who do you have Wednesday between the Spurs and Grizzlies? I have the Spurs in this game. I think the mo- they've they've got momentum now. They've won their last five in a row. They've uh, they're they're I think they're starting to feel it. And I think it's going to be I think that one's going to be a win for them. Okay, I- I'm with you too. I have the Spurs. I just you know they, they just played the Grizzlies recently, and even though the Grizzlies. Uh, battled pretty hard in that game. I just feel like overall depth outside of Conley and Gasol, uh, they really don't have a lot where they can match with the Spurs' bench and a lot of their their role players that San Antonio has. Okay, so we're both taking the Spurs in that one. Then on Thursday, on the second night of a back-to-back, the Spurs um, host the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder on the road are 12-9, and playing like a 53-win team. They are 18th on offense on the road and first on defense on the road. Wow. The Spurs. Yeah, first on defense on the road. Yeah, that's that, that was that one popped out to me too. Uh, the Spurs at home, they are seventeen and five. They are playing like a sixty-win team at home, sixth on offense and eleventh on defense. So, who do you have on Thursday in San Antonio? So this one's tough. I think I think it's going to go like one of two ways, but they're going to end up with the same record. I think they're going to go one-and-one in that quick two-game OKC series. Um, I think it's going to play out like it's either going to – they're either going to beat OKC at home because they play so well at home, and then OKC is going to turn around, has has them two days later at home in Oklahoma. They're going to be – they're going to be pretty pissed about the game. There might be some, and, and if they lose that one against the Spurs, there might be some uproar with the OKC fan base, and I, I think they come back and take that one. However, I could just as easily see it being the other way, where that that OKC defense on the road is really tough. Spurs drop one at home, but then they get revenge on the road because they're like, "There's no way we should have lost to these dudes. We got to get them at their place." So, so which one are you going to pick? Uh, which scenario? Scenario one or two? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I'm I think I'm gonna go scenario two. Oh okay okay so that's interesting so we're gonna switch there okay um, so OKC so you go okay so you're taking OKC in San Antonio and then and then you're taking um, the Spurs on in OKC right on Saturday yes okay so we yeah we did we did flip flop there where I'm taking San Antonio on Thursday at home. Again, I just feel like the Spurs are playing on a, at another level when they're in the AT&T Center right now. They're just demolishing teams in that building. Um, and also, one note on OKC is I put this this on Twitter the other day where they've actually played the fewest amount of 500 and above teams out west this entire season. They've only played like 14 um, as of yesterday. So that's something to watch. I know they're like the number two seed in the west or three seed. But again, they really haven't had the toughest schedule um, like like a lot of these other teams, where the Spurs have had like the third toughest schedule at West. 
Um, so I'm taking um, the Spurs at home, and then you're taking OKC in San Antonio. Okay, so now Saturday, you said um, Spurs in OKC. Now I'm doing the opposite. I'm going with um, with uh, OKC at home. I think that they beat the Spurs there. Now let's go to our last game. We're going to preview, and this is the return uh, of Tony Parker. He's coming to the AT&T Center on Monday. The Charlotte Hornets visit um, for the first time of the season. The Hornets are 5-12 and 12 on the road, playing like a 33-win team on the road, 11th offensively, 24th defensively. Um, I think that the crowd response is definitely going to be a lot different than Kawhi Leonard's crowd response. So uh, what do you think about uh, who do you think is going to win that game between the Hornets and Spurs on Monday? It's certainly going to be emotional for Tony Parker. And I think a lot of Spurs fans should shower him with love. Um, I have the Spurs winning that one outside of Kemba Walker. There are times this season where Charlotte plays. And if basically if Kemba Walker doesn't put up a game of his life, Charlotte can't win. There are just not enough support pieces around Kemba Walker. Okay, I, I'm with you. Where I, I'm going to go with the, the Spurs as well. You know, obviously, I, I yeah, I definitely know that the Spurs fans are definitely going to embrace Tony. They're going to give him like that kind of Danny Green type of response, uh, where it's all cheers, all praise. I don't know if they'll do a video for him. They 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 might, but um, yeah, they probably will. Uh, anyway, yeah, because you know we know Tony's circumstances. He did, even though sure he did leave on his own in free agency, we knew that the role was going to be reduced for him had he come back. You know, the, the pay the payout wasn't going to be all right. The pay might have been the same, but you know we just know that the role wasn't going to be there. So, so Spurs fans overall understand why Tony left. You know, they're not mad at him for doing that, whereas they are a little bit more upset with Kawhi Leonard for forcing his way out under contract. Um, okay, Ben. Before uh, I close up the show with you, I, I did because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about your piece. Um, you know, for the for the readers to go check it out, your latest piece called um, "Spurs Prospect Watch Jalen McDaniels." Um, he's a six ten um, um, forward or, or center from from San Diego State. What can you talk, say about uh, Jalen McDaniels? And uh, I think it's interesting that you're a guy from San Diego State. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially because San Diego is not a state. But uh, you know, don't tell the Aztecs that uh, he's so he's six ten, but he's he is very wiry. He is only 195 pounds. That's uh, what the San Diego State website lists him at anyway. I'm sure he's gained some weight since they took those measurements, but that is what he's listed at right now. Um, he's very raw. He's a sophomore, so he's going to be – I think he's already 20 this year. And he his shooting stroke – the shooting mechanics are there. He's just got to kind of quicken them up and tighten them up a little bit, and he'll be fine. But he has – he's definitely improved his shooting from his freshman year. So he's willing to put in the work, and he's willing to be shown that he can improve on that end. So uh, I, I think he would be a nice little pickup for the Spurs. Now that they're picking much later in the first round, or even if they could snag him with the Toronto pick, which is probably going to be – like the 29th or the 30th pick in that in that first round. I think you'd be a really nice pickup, a little bit of a project down the road, kind of a backup for Chimezi Metu if he doesn't pan out. I wanted to ask you this just because I, I have you on the line now. Um, how, how has it been for you? I, I know that every week, you know, you pick different kind of prospects, but – what was it like for at one time, you know, the Spurs were almost like, I would say like eighth or, or ninth in terms of draft projection. They were getting like a lottery pick in that range. And then now all of a sudden they're back in the twenties. What has it been like for you uh, finding prospects? Uh, terrifying. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I kind of figured they would uh, creep their way out of the lottery at some point. So I was kind of trying to hold off on, 
doing those first rounders for a while. I, I think I did a few second rounders to be safe, or I even I even did a couple guys who I who I knew would be available with that thirtieth pick that they'd probably have from the Raptors as well. So I tried to hold off on it as long as I could, but I knew there was there's gonna be some point where I had to do there there were a couple weeks there where they were just hanging around at at something it was something like t- between eleven and fourteen and I was just like, oh man, are the Spurs are the Spurs gonna do it? Are they gonna be? Are they gonna get to the playoffs? Are they gonna are they gonna get out of the lottery? I'd real I really need them to get out of the lottery because there's just too much uncertainty in the lottery this year. Oh, okay, so interesting, yeah. Because I remember we had a conversation about it. And I was just wondering about you because you know, I, you know, I would when they were losing all those games back in November, I was like almost checking the you know their their lottery odds of where they were placing almost nightly and. And uh, now it's a little bit different. Now it's now now it's more so what you would say, right? Like where they're usually at, you know, winning basketball games again and kind of just being in the twenties. Yes, I don't have to feverishly refresh Tankathon every fifteen minutes. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, you do a great job. Uh, you know, it's, uh, my, myself and all the all the Spurs Project Spurs staff are really we're really happy with the with those types of uh, pieces that you put on. I'm pretty sure the fans do too. The, the readers uh, they, they love reading your pieces. So keep up the good work, man. Absolutely, I love awesome. to. Awesome. All right, thank you, Ben. Uh, have a great day. All right, you too. Thanks again to Ben for joining me on SpursCast, episode 524. Again, if you're on Twitter, please follow him at the underscore Boomstein. Uh, just a few quick reminders. Um, just uh, make sure to go to Project Spurs and catch up on um, all the things that, are, that our staff is writing over there on Project Spurs. Uh, like I mentioned with Ben's piece, uh, the prospect watch, the latest ones on Jalen McDaniels at 610 um, forward center from San Diego State. Uh, Steven Anderson continues to uh, provide his analysis after every Spurs game with his um, – you know, his, his Spurs recaps. Also, if you want to see how the Spurs were doing at the end of the 40 game mark of the season, I have my 10 game evaluation up volume four. Um, and that again, profiles the Spurs in detail, statistically uh, on offense, on defense. And there's a lot of different charts and numbers that I, that I put in that piece. And then lastly, if you listen to this on iTunes, please give us a rating and review. Thank you. Have a great day. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.